Welcome to X-Rated. I'm Matt Fisher. I'm Ryan Whedon. And this week we have a very special guest, Kevin Clark from Punch to Kill and the Conversation Pieces podcast. Hi. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> is this thing on? You guys have microphones and I don't, so... This oh, is a shit. microphone too, yeah. Man, so. we should have gone over this before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be so close to my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be. <laughs> Enough joking around, guys. Let's let's be serious here. This is serious business. <laughs> I've known you for a while, actually. It's probably been almost ten years. So I would say, wow. So probably. anecdote. I just saw like a BuzzFeed article about how Britney's worst year produced her best album, uh-huh. uh, Blackout. Okay. Uh, you know, I know we're all big fans here. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you I don't actually... mean to tell me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But I listened to that a lot while I was making the zombie mockumentary that you and oh, Kevin right. helped out. Travis. Travis. I'm you're, Kevin. You're, not <laughs> it's the first okay. time I've made that mistake. No, that's the first time everybody has made that mistake. <laughs> uh, but you guys helped out with that. Yeah. Uh, contributed a scene. Yeah. And Wh- Whatever happened with that? Uh, Alex says that she still promises to edit that video. <laughs> yeah, right. So... But yeah, that was the album that I was listening to while like driving around and like doing like shoots and things like that. Oh, so it was like right around ten years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there you go. There you go. It's been a decade. Yeah. Of uh, just no of knowing each other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every now and again at Scarecrow, you'll you'll remark on either a movie I'm renting or just a movie in general. Not very often, but sometimes (laughs) Uh, you've remarked on when I rented Monkey Shines. Okay. The George Romero movie. Do you remember your exact reaction? I probably said, this movie's actually good. I usually fit something I like. I think this is what I remark on things. I generally try not to go like, this movie fucking sucks. (laughs) Why are you renting it? And then I definitely remember you like peered around the corner and said, have you seen the new Mad Max? Yeah. Fury Road. I think that, well, we were all all very obsessed with Fury Road at Scarecrow. I have two coworkers who saw it like seven times in the theater. Oh, shit. Or eight. I mean, I saw it like four times in the theater. Five. I think I just, did you see the black and white version? I I did. Yeah, did I've seen it. I've seen it three times in theaters. One was the black and white version. Eh. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the color more. I can Well, honestly, like about halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, just, I get it. Turn the someone can turn the color <laughs> yeah. back on. I had seen it in the Cinerama in color, so yeah. it was fun to watch it in black and white. But it was that kind of like, all right, I get it. What yeah. if they did that with all movies? Just like. Also, you have the choice. I kind of, I'm, <laughs> I, I still feel like all movies should be in black and white until they can prove themselves otherwise. Mm. Like, unless you're really going to use color for like meaning or purpose, then I think it, the default should be black and white. Like, you uh, have to make your case to be in color. At Scarecrow, where I work, I don't know if we established that, but <laughs> yeah. I work at Scarecrow Video, the world famous Scarecrow Video. We uh, had like a 31 Days of Horror that we did last year and this year. Mm hmm. So it's like a challenge, kind of. So for people at home following along, it's like, watch a movie like this. Uh, so each day is a different day, so it's like... Yeah, it's not just a generic horror movie that you watch. It's one that, like... It's a specific like a It's a specific kind of thing. Like, the first one this year was, like... I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, Inferno. So it's like, watch something with, like, a terrifying fire scene. Oh, okay. You know, it's like... not And not Carrie, that's too easy. Like, something else, you know. <laughs> uh, but we had one this year that was, like, kind of stupid and debated amongst the people. But it was, like, watch a movie that's... Originally in color, that was also made in black and white. Oh, okay. The only recent horror movie that falls under that is The Mist. Because oh. they also did a black and white version, which is actually cooler. Yeah. Because he kind of wanted to do it in black and white, because it kind of has a 50s throwback. 
Yeah. And when you watch it in black and white, it feels more like one of those old drive-in movies or something. Oh. Okay. So, but we during at the store we during those days during those days we play that whatever that specific thing is all day. Okay. So it's like a real so it's like a real challenge for us because we don't play R-rated movies till like later at night. Yeah. So during the day, it's like sh- there was like a serial killer day. Uh, <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> but one of them was black and white. That black and white one. It's like well, f- so someone figured out how to turn the the color off on the TV. <laughs> so we were so we were watching these movies in black and white, and like so many movies that were like otherwise forgettable or shitty like looked cool. We were showing the remake of Day that Stood Still, the Keanu Reeves one. Oh, okay. Which everybody, for, you, I'm sure everybody here has forgotten was a thing yeah. until yeah. just I, now. I, I, yeah. Well. Thanks for the reminder. It's, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but like I was watching some and it looked awesome in black mm. and white. Mm. Well, it looked like Frank Miller. It looked like Sin City art or something. Really? You know, like, oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, man, this looks really great. But it's a weird experiment, but I mean... <laughs> well, uh, when uh, Peter Bogdanovich was making Paper Moon, like I guess there was like a debate as to whether or not to make it in black and white, and he was good friends with Orson Welles, mm. and he was just like, black and white is everybody's friend. Do it in black and white. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that actually like helped like the look and the feel of the movie, but... I, I, for that Paper Moon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. If that movie was in color, I don't think it would work as well. It feels like a black and white movie. Yeah. 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 But maybe that's just because I've seen it. Four times or whatever <laughs> in black and white. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think that help, it, uh, it helps establish the kind of setting of that movie too. Yeah, yeah. It feels more like old timey. And we've talked about it on here, but like Guy Madden, you know, is predominantly in black and white, and he says it's because like colors like too daunting. Like he's like, you know, afraid. Like it's just too much to focus on. Mm. That like he's just afraid. Like if if he's gonna use color, then it has to be for a purpose. And if he's using red, then he's got to make sure that like this isn't red and like the couch isn't red and like people aren't wearing red until like he actually wants to use red. And he's like, oh, that's just too much for me to think about while I'm making a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Although he uses a lot of color, but a lot of it's like tinting or post-production yeah, color right. and yeah. stuff, you know, I mean, Forbidden Room is full that's of color, full of color. Yeah. but it's like, I think that's also to help you kind of like realize where you are in each of those little things. Well, especially yes. that movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's such a rabbit hole. Yeah. Of, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's like movie that's Inception like... times 20. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't the movie start with a guy like, it's like a documentary about how to take a bath? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's advising you not to fart because it doesn't just go away. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which is good to know. It, it, <laughs> farting in the bath is a dangerous game. <laughs> Why I got kicked out of Banya Five? <laughs> I dis I disagree with the not farting in a bath. I mean, if you're with if you're with other people, of course, that's just that sh- that should be the rule. Well, they but should have written it somewhere. So if you're by yourself, who doesn't like bubbles? Just taking a bath though at our age. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I took a bath. Yeah, neither can I. Not like, even for relaxing purposes or anything. No. 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 Not at home. I do it like uh, old timey Western style, where it's just a tub in the kitchen. <laughs> I got a scrub, scrub brush. Scrub yeah. yourself. Pour, pour hot Legs water from the kettle in there. Yeah. Well, after a hard day on the range. <laughs> yeah. It's a you good know, way to wind down. You, you know, you're like, oh boy, you stink of horse shit and sweat. It's <laughs> <laughs> better than just sitting in a tub of your own filth, scrubbing yourself with an old timey yeah. scrub brush. Taking a yeah. bath is just like people soup, isn't it? Like you're just. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Why do we even call it taking a bath? <laughs> I don't know. Time to go make people soup. That's what we should start saying. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> what is this podcast? I don't know. Where are we? <laughs> Kevin, we, we actually worked on a project together, too. We, we did. Years and years ago, which is uh, kind of fun. It was called... Uh, Brittany, Brittany Ishporting. Brittany Ishporting. Mm-hmm. Short horror Short. film. 
Was it? Horror comedy? Yeah. Uh, well, you Matt, you watched it. What genre does it fall into? Besides, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, it falls in the talking food genre, yeah. which I've firmly. <laughs> I've done I've done several projects in the, in the talking or and or anthropomorphized food genre. It was a, it was a fun project to work on. Yeah, um, a good time. It was you know, but uh, it, it was it's about a talking donut. And I'm mm-hmm. walking around this talking donut who's Who did trying the to voice the talking donut. Kelly O. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah Kelly O. The stranger. Yeah. Yeah. I never. I never got to work with Kelly. Yeah. I just. I just, <laughs> I just talked to an inanimate donut, and then I had to pause. Free for, reading the lines. That's right. Yeah, free reading the lines, which isn't quite the same. You really, uh, you really sold me. I thought you were talking to someone in that donut. Thing. Yeah, I'm just that good. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that's acting. You Man, know, it's, Daniel D. Lewis, watch out. Seriously. He's one of your listeners, right? I assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's one of the 70. Sure. He doesn't do anything else. He's done with his next, his his he's, new movie where he's quitting acting until, yeah. you know, five years from now when his next Anderson movie that is quitting like, acting. Doing all he's like, oh, fine, okay. He needs more time for his shoe repair business. Yeah, to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Does he have a shoe? He has a shoe repair business? I think that's what he does when he's not acting as he's, <laughs> he's got some sort of like shoe repair or like haberdashery or something. That is so And he just plays our podcast in the lobby, so. <laughs> This is a really good podcast. <laughs> is that what he sounds like? I don't know what he sounds like. Yeah, I don't think I've ever well, heard Well, he his always disappears into characters. So. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Daniel Day Lewis Shoe Repair. Come on in. <laughs> He's got posters for all his movies. But they're like the, they're not even like theatrical posters. They're just like the shitty, like blockbuster video posters that have like the, the coming uh, to video dates on them. They're stuff. all faded like, sun. Yeah. <laughs> He got them all when a blockbusters was closing. Free, yeah, just free. He took the whole free bin and then threw out all the ones that he wasn't on. <laughs> Except for the Mr. Bean. He's got a Mr. Bean poster yeah. in the window. So we did something totally different that we've never yeah, done. Yeah, we've, we've literally never done it this way before. But have you had guests on before? We've had we guests on, guests, oh, okay. but we've, uh, you know, regimented and said, you're watching this. That's And you could have done that to me, too. But we decided we wanted to let you <laughs> pick something that yeah. you wanted to talk about. Yeah. We're trying something new. We figured with the different. breadth of movies at your disposal and all the ones that you had seen previously that you'd pick some sort of hidden gems i don't know if i did that (laughs) you i sent uh, you some options and then uh, you were like this one you definitely went the tomato route and uh (laughs) but in doing so you picked one i'd never seen before that's good yeah i did a t-shirt i noticed (laughs) that's amazing so the the movie in question is plane trains and automobiles and yeah for whatever reason i've seen you know the 2013 remake of maniac four times but i've never (laughs) seen plane trains and automobiles Every season, every Thanksgiving season, I'm like, this is the year. This is I'm going to do it this year. And it just never pans out. But then you're so, like, oh, wait, I've got Maniac. Why don't I yeah. watch that? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a perfect Thanksgiving that. movie. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Plains Trains Automobiles is one, is like one of my favorite movies. So I just kind of threw that out there as like, well, maybe this one. I loved it. I mean, I... Uh, had I you seen it? I had seen it when I was a kid, really okay. young, like 9, 10, yeah. something like that. Don't remember too much about it. Um, it was really fun watching it today. I, I don't think I know what movies John Hughes has made because, like, when I found out that he he made this movie, it was a complete surprise to me. You do you do know all the other movies he's made? This Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah, Breakfast right, Club, right, right? 
I'm, I actually I'm, lost yeah. a bet one time with somebody on um, Weird Science was playing in some bar we were in. And uh, I was like, who directed this movie? And my friend was like, it's John Hughes. And I was like, no way. No way John Hughes made this movie. He's like, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's like, I'll bet you. And I, <laughs> I shook his hand. And I was like, if I lose this bet, I will get I heart John Hughes tattooed on my butt. And uh, we looked That's it up. That's a bold bet to make. <laughs> I was so Jeez. confident. Who did you think directed it? I didn't know. Okay. I just knew it wasn't him. Man. So here's the tattoo. <laughs> Well, we, yeah, I did Weird Science. Uh, Most famous for Breakfast Club. Yeah. Ferris Bueller. Right, right. Which was the movie the just before movies. this one. He's, I mean, he's the one who made, he like, I honestly, I think that, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, Are you going to bat for Curly Sue? Is that I will not go to bat, I will not go to bat for Curly Sue. <laughs> I'm not that far out there. But I am different than as most people that I think that Planes, Trains, Automobiles, I think is hands down his best movie. I think this movie is a masterpiece. And I think Ferris Bueller's like almost there. And then the rest of them are fine. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people love The Breakfast Club or, like, swear by it and stuff for 16 Candles, but I think 16 Candles no, is so- kind of creepy and racist. And- yeah. <laughs> and they're all kind of a little sexist and stuff. And, yeah. and it's all weird, except for Planes, Strands, and Automobiles, which is also the only movie he made that's oh. about grown-ups in it. Even though it's very much of the 80s, it feels timeless. You can watch it again. It's like, yeah, it sure. has these very simple themes. Yeah. But it's, you know, all of his movies do. But it's also not, like, tied to this, like teen angst thing sure yeah you know it's tied to like adult angst i guess (laughs) yeah uh i was kind of surprised at the sort of an emotional level of the movie that i wasn't really banking on yeah because there's the scene where they're in the hotel room which is like still in act one Mm -hmm. where like they have a big fight screw you you spill beer all over the bed you smoke you 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 mess up the bathroom well who let you stay in the room I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder, which you most certainly are. Oh, oh, I'm an intruder. Yes, you're an intruder. I was having a perfectly nice trip until you walked into my life. I walked into your life. Who was that who talked my ear off on the plane? Who was that? I'm curious. Well, who told you to book a room? I did out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. Boy, you're an ungrateful jackass. I feel like this would be the climax in, like, a modern comedy. Sure. Where, like, it all comes to a head and, like, this is where, like, they lay their emotions bare. I'm like, this is, like, the end of Act One. And they're already, like, at this point. Like, they're already, like, this emotionally raw with one another. Right? Yeah. It's That's that's one of the reasons I love it, is that it's such a... It's a movie about empathy. Yeah. But it's also, like, a really funny and weird buddy comedy starring, like, these two guys who were yeah. super famous. Yeah. Steve Martin was in, you know, Little Shop of Horrors around that same time, and he yeah. steals that show from, like, a talking plant that eats people. I mean... John Candy's a fucking star in this movie. Like, this is his. Be- it's his best role is, for sure. I, I felt like he kind of stole the show a little bit. Like oh, every time yeah. he's, he's on screen, he's magnetic. He's charismatic. He's just he's he got, squeezes so much emotion into that little care. Into he's really got a Del. naturalness to like his comedic brand. Like he, the way that like I know that he improvised a lot. I don't know how much of this was improvised, but he brings like a real naturalness to this. Like this is just sort of an extension of who he already is. Yeah. It, it feels like, yeah, it feels like it just fits him. Well, and, and Steve Martin too. Yeah. Who could yeah. play, who could play wild too, but he's so good at being like, I don't want to diminish his, his no, no, no. Yeah. stuff. But, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't do a t-shirt of, <laughs> yeah. of Neil Page. You know? <laughs> Nobody wants a t-shirt of Neil Page, you know? I mean, if you do, if, Del, if they're sitting next to each other, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but Del, I mean, he's like the heart. He's like one of my favorite movie characters. Cause he's such a, well, like you said, that early scene, it's yeah. like raw, 20 minutes in, a half hour in. Yeah. Right? Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. 
my customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. One thing this movie does that I think is pretty cool is there's sort of like an ebb and flow in their relationship. Like it doesn't, it's not a linear change that happens with them. So like yeah. they kind of like, we'll have a fight and then one apologizes and then have a fight and then the other one apologizes, right? So it's never like, it could easily go like Abbott and Costello style thing where it's like there's one person who's the right one and one person who's always right. buffooning everything up. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't. Like they're both kind of have problems and faults mm -hmm. but are also like sympathetic and sweet at times too that's the whole thing is that del griffith is lovable and stuff but he's also very gross yeah and is obnoxious <laughs> yeah and he, so steve martin's his character when he does that that like rant at him where he yeah. just lays into him it's like hard to watch but he's not wrong yeah entirely and we've yeah. all been in a situation where we've been like where we have, maybe i haven't said it to someone's face but we've been like this God, fuck you! I hate you because of you. Yeah. I hate you because of who you are, and it's so mean. But he's not—he's not wrong. Yeah. But he's not. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's about why say that out loud? But like, exactly. Yeah. The scene when Steve Martin's taking the shower and like yeah. the water runs out, and like he has that like great crunch. Like, oh, come, come on! Yeah. And then he gets out, and there's all the towels on the floor, and like he's got like he's a little hand towel. <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I live alone. Like, this just reminds me so hard of having roommates. Like, but it, like... it's just a synthesized version of what it's like to have roommates, especially like roommates that like when you move in with a friend and like after like eight nine months you are no longer friends. You're just roommates. Yeah. Like that's you, yeah. You just live together now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like when they're going to bed and he just he says something about like I had no idea those beer cans were gonna blow like that. I like that we, we don't even see We don't see, see them. It. Like, it's just it's, a funny thing that they're saying. Like, it's like, see, don't worry about it. I know we well, put he, them on a vibrating we, bed. Yeah, we, <laughs> see, we, we see John Candy using the magic fingers. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we, but you don't, you don't need to see. You don't if, need I think to. it'd be less funny if you saw the scene. Because that's when he's in the shower, so yeah. you get yeah. that whole scene. And then meanwhile, like, we, I think it'd be less funny if you saw him accidentally get beer all over. It's just Agreed, he's, yeah. he's laying. He's, you, he's laying down already. And he's he's like sorry so about miserable. the beer, yeah. and you're just like oh okay, and it, oh. you know it's like, yeah, you're like oh, slowly yeah. piece it together. I like it when like you can work backwards that way a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you understand where Neil Page is coming from when he gets yeah. really mad at him because it's like this guy who's been bugging him all day took his cab. You know, it's one thing after another. But then when he lays into him, and then when Dell comes back and is like, "Hey, I'm an okay guy," and it's like sh shit. Yeah. Because the whole time you, the audience is with Neil, kind of. You're with right. him up to that point. You're like. You're like, this guy is kind of obnoxious. He seems nice enough, well, but like, yeah, fuck this guy. What's the scene right before that? They're like lying in bed while he's like clearing his sinuses. Yeah. And like... Sorry. But it was on forever. <laughs> And he's got that fucking sponge pillow that, like, can't get puffy. Hey, he's got allergies. Yeah. <laughs> he, could, he could, you know, if he doesn't clear his sinuses, he could die. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I watch this movie about five times a year. So I, I, I follow you on Letterboxd, and I was like, what did Kevin have to say about this? And it's like, he'd, you'd already, like, reviewed it three times, but you had logged it more times than that. So. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Uh, it's like a comfort movie for me. 
Sure. I watched it on election night last year. <laughs> I, I definitely get the comfort thing because I was sitting at home watching last night. I'm like, you know what? This is like the perfect movie to watch like Sunday. Like, and I can see why it's a, like I know that it takes place on you know around or a couple days mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. But I'm like, if I had just eaten a bunch of food and was like, I just don't want to think and like lay back. Yeah, I'm like, this is a perfect movie to watch after Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's like, a very simple movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like the kind of thing that I think it's hard for people to make. I don't know, it's weird that John Hughes oh, it's such a simple idea and he wrung, there's so much emotion wrung out of this, well, like... It's just a road movie. Road basically. movie. Yeah. I love, and road movies, I mean, I love road movies. I think that's a perfect vehicle for any kind of, you know, you can tell all kinds of metaphors with a road, you know. <laughs> sure. I mean... His movies also kind of have, like, a more leisurely pace to them. Like, they're still, like, snappy and comedic, but it's not, like, fast-paced or something like that. Like, the beginning of the movie, like, they're oh, yeah. sitting silently, or, like, Steve Martin's whispering and... Like, the whole scene is, like, them just being, like, uncomfortable, like, looking yeah, at yeah. their watches. Uh, <laughs> to leave. But, yeah, that, I mean, and it was true. Like, when you watch Breakfast Club, like, it kind of starts out slow. Like, yeah. it doesn't start to boil for a while. And, like, even Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, there's a lot of just, like, getting the band together, like, at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. it takes time for them to, like, each decide to skip school and stuff like that. Like, I think it's movies like his inspired m- movies. And so now, I mean, there's a movie called Due Date, if you guys remember yeah. that, with, I never saw it, but it's Robert Downey Jr. and Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Oh. It's like an amped up, like, playing strangers on automobiles. Oh, okay. Judging from the trailer, it's like, square dude has to hang out with this bumbling bum idiot, you know? Yeah. I imagine it's like how you would think that playing strangers on automobiles would go, where it's like just the straight line, like, this guy's so obnoxious. And then at the end, he's like, we're friends now. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to this movie where they're kind of friends and then kind of not, and then they hate each other. It's yeah. kind of a, a give and take of Steve Martin's character. The growing empathy of that character, of yeah. him... Reluctant. The reluctant, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but him going like, I... He, I'm, okay, I'm good, I'm better than I think I am. Before it gets too late. Oh, yeah. So they raid the mini bar and planes and trains. <laughs> oh, no. So we... They go around, they go around the world. Right, <laughs> so, so we have Jamaica Mon, <laughs> and then we got uh, uh, down Mexico way. Oh, no. Do we have, do you have Doritos to pair with the tequila? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what she says, probably my favorite. Uh, by the way, this is one of my favorite movies, if I haven't said that a million times already, and he, there's like so many lines. But he's like, Is this a good combo or what? No, probably not. But this is like they're already drunk. Yes. <laughs> so I want you to each take one. You can take more if you want, but it, I'm I, going, I gotta go to Jamaica. I can't do going to Jamaica. I was gonna say, do the one of the character you most identify with. I think, I mean, honestly, I, I would say I identify the most with, uh, with Del Griffith. Oh, man. I don't know if I can do it to right now. We got two Del Griffiths here. I'll be, I'll be Neil. I'll I feel like bite being the, the salt of the earth here. <laughs> I'll okay. be the square with the desk job. Oh my bottoms up uh, to uh, to John Hughes. To John Hughes, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I had him in the freezer. Oh. Whew. We get derailed a lot, so like like the train in the movie that uh, oh, we watched today gets it's derailed. E- it's easy to get derailed. It's derailed. One of my another one of my favorite lines where he goes, uh, "You're in a pretty lousy mood, huh?" To say the least. You ever traveled by bus before? <laughs> Your mood's probably not going to improve much. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it's such a corny one. It's, it's like a, but it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's an earnestness, especially with John Candy. 
mm-hmm. that it you know it doesn't feel like he's being corny when he says these things. Yeah. Like it feels like he's being honest. Like, there's, a, there's like a writerly quality to the script, but absolutely they, these these characters sell it. They make it feel. It, natural. It's like when Arnold Schwarzenegger does a one liner. It's like he believes it. So you, you actually you kind of buy believe, into yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger saying his one liners. That's true. I never yeah. thought about it that way. But you like buy. It, you go, yeah, but when, if anybody else did it, no. Yeah, what is it? Is it the sixth day or something like that? Where he's like, and you should clone yourself, so I can understand your unique perspective. No, so you can go fuck yourself. You're gonna make me find that quote now. I won't even use it. Six and days it's it's going like there. the clunkiest thing, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't even like blink when he says it. Uh. I guess while we're talking about good lines, I really love it when they're driving and there's he's like, go ahead, tell me. Steve Martin's like, say something you don't like about me. Say, some, say something you don't like. And yeah. he goes, you play with your balls a lot. I was not expecting that <laughs> to be the next line at all. Because yeah, even in John Hughes movies, they're sort of like PG. And I don't know, the idea of people playing Just with their balls. Like, cracked me totally up. Totally, it seemed uh, out of left field. Like, it works. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying... And then I liked right after that when uh, uh, Steve Martin says something like, uh, you know what would make me happy? <laughs> and Sean Candy goes, got a couple balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> and he just cracked himself up. He's like, ah! <laughs> I'm hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's right before uh, he almost kills them. I love how square it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. But like how like the it's shot and edited in a very like, there's nothing. There's nothing like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. fancy about it. You know, there's no camp. Stylish. It's just like it's just like here's yeah. John Hughes. That's John Hughes style. Right, right, right. But I think it's a style that like a lot of people don't. You you know, people want to be more. There has to be a look to their movie, but the yeah. look of this movie is very much like here's the scenes. It's yeah. like an old school movie, which it feels like. A lot. Yeah, it's interesting. The stylish, the style part is like when they're tr- driving at night on the wrong side of the road, and you just see like the lights. Yeah, going by. I think exactly. that's the closest thing I can think of. And even that's just to go to let you know, like that they're on the, the wrong, wrong side. side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. But speaking of rating, though, before we move on, real quick. It, the, the, it's this movie's rated R, you know. Oh, is it? Is? Yeah, and you know, and I mean, I bet you can. It's oh. rated R for one scene. The fucking scene. The fucking oh. scene. Yeah. I watch this movie all the time when I was a kid. We watch it at family gatherings and stuff. But like, I know people who you know whose families didn't watch it because of that one scene. Wow. Yeah, that would be. Hard it to is like. a little jarring. It's jarring, but it's also that's the whole point. Yeah. I feel like of the scene, and it is like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. I want a fucking car, right? May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. And it's what's her name? Edie uh, McClure. Edie McClure. McClure. Yeah, yeah. Like saying saying that the, uh, she's You're the secretary that. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If oh, anybody's yeah, listening yeah, yeah, to this, yeah, yeah. that doesn't. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember her? Uh, from that, I assume. That's I assume, what I, ever, I assume everybody's seen Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> I mean, one nice thing about Steve Martin is that even though he's a comedian, you kind of associate comedians with, you know, frivolity and happiness. You know, like our friend Kevin here. 
<laughs> we, I'm dressed as a clown right now. Case, for the, for the, the listeners at home, we, um, we had to have you take off your squeaky shoes in case you want to walk around. No, that's that's fair. I, I don't um, want to distract. But Steve Martin plays a dick perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you guys have both seen the Muppet movie, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got a little indignant. Yes. There. Uh, his waiter scene in that. Oh, waiter. Yes. May I help you? That's another like scene too. Like he's so just shitty in that. Like yeah. Yeah, all the attention goes to him. So you know, I mean, yeah, comedians—they're not known for playing shit asses. Yeah. And so one of Steve Martin, of his many like great comedic traits, is like he plays the dick to a T. Well, and I mean, in this movie, he has to because he's—that's his. That's yeah. him. So he has, he's the straight man yeah. in the movie, you know. He's not the heart of the movie, so he can't be that. Yeah, he can't be the lovable one. Right. Even though he's like the one with the wife and kids. Yeah, and I mean you like him. Yeah. And you and you relate to him. He's not a you villain. Don't, but... You don't hate him. You don't think like this guy's awful. You know, yeah. he's not like a dick businessman who's fucking cheating on his wife. Or <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not like yeah. a ba- he's like a guy. He's just a guy trying to get home. He's just a guy trying to get home and he's just he's basically like the blankest white guy, you know, like he's yeah. just a guy yeah. who has a family and doesn't want to be like wants to be. that way. I didn't think about that, but and he yeah. comes. I mean, he comes. You get more character to him, but Dell's really the one who brings out all of that yeah. in him. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, but that scene where he tells off the lady is like, we've all been behind somebody in line, you know, and it's always like that thing where you're like, Ugh. the people in that <laughs> yeah. scene are all looking over at him like. Well, we've all He's worked like guy. in customer service. Too. Have we all worked in I customer like the service? The way she handles yeah. him. I, well, then, yeah, we've all been there before on the other side of the counter. You got you got scarecrow. You got bartending. I managed a record store for ten years. Yeah. Like right? people, and, and it's just people don't understand that. Like it doesn't matter how much you bully them. There is just a line, and after a while, you're just hurting yeah. your feelings. Yeah, yeah. like they, they can only do so much, and after a while, it's like they're just gonna get pissed at you. Yeah, like. And I love how she handles the situation. So, she goes, oh, yeah. The first thing she says when he starts doing that is... I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And we've all been there before. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I've gotten... Uh, like, back when I did customer service, uh, I've, I've gotten... Uh, I'm going to sue you a couple times. Like... Oh, we got... we Yeah, we've gotten that yeah. before. Over how much money? Oh, it was like twenty dollars at fucking Christ. most. Some people. If you're listening to this and you're that person, stop it. <laughs> I like to think that I, when I talk into this, that they're actually that someone's listening. Right it's now. live. It's that live someone's listening right. Out right now. Oh my god! <laughs> That's why all these people have guns pointed. at them. <laughs> Fuck you! I'll be as much of a dick to customer service people as I want. They show up every week. They, they hate us. Oh, okay. So that's normal. Yeah, the they're, they're always, they never shoot. So <laughs> okay, good. Well, they're all uh, bark. You haven't had me on before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you guys both have notebooks full of notes. I've never seen the movie before. I know. I, know. Well, I, this, bring I do this for You're everything. Probably like you probably have the movie fairly memorized because you yeah. watch it I don't like to say I have, I, I'll tell people I have movies memorized and then of, of course I don't because it's like that's like a dumb thing to, to say I, yeah, but like I, mean, I do but I do if I do have any movie memorized it's Transformers the movie the cartoon <laughs> from the 80s sure oh okay. sneakers and then oh. or this and this movie okay <laughs> were those the three choices you sent no oh. <laughs> no but I but I well, sneakers did cross my mind I, I actually kind of want to talk about John Candy. I do like too. I'm a gonna human look, being. I'm going to look something up here real quick. Okay. I feel like 
because he died, like, I don't want to say unceremoniously, but, like, because he wasn't, like, the hard-living, like, sort of big guy, like, big funny guy, you know, like, Belushi or Farley or something like that, mm-hmm. I feel like his death kind of, like, went by unnoticed. There was an interview that Alec Baldwin did with Chris Columbus, oh, okay. like, the director-writer. I like Christopher Columbus best for writing Gremlins, but mm-hmm. he's also, he did, like, Adventures in Babysitting. Right. And Home He was Alone. a John Hughes guy, too. Yeah. Because right. John Hughes produced all those, wrote a lot of those movies. Right. Yes. Uh, and John Candy was also in Home Alone. Like, he gives Catherine O'Hara, like, a ride back. Like, he's got oh, some, right. like, polka band or I something like that. This, yeah. Right. And Chris Columbus said that for John Candy, like, improvising was as easy as breathing. Like, he would just give him, like, a premise and, like, just very scant details and he could like make a whole world like mm. he'd just develop a whole character off of it and he would do it so naturally like he'd just look you like square in the eye and start talking and like his body language would change and like he would just get into this character like that he would make up on the spot and he said he could just do whatever with whatever whenever there's that scene when he's uh when he's like hustling selling the um mm-hmm. Shower rings for as uh, to get the money, get like cash. Oh, that could not have been written. These are very special earrings, by the way. These were originally handcrafted for the Grand Wizard of China back in the fourth century. Now, these, of course, aren't the originals, but they are replicas, very good replicas, too. They're selling for five dollars a pair, two for seven dollars. I mean, I don't know for a fact that I was improvised, but it had to it have been. It feels because... like there, there's just he's just so good at it, it felt so natural and so right. And he, he like, talks, you yeah. just can't write that shit. No, no. and I, he was a great salesman, he's a good salesman. Yeah, when he talks to those teenage girls, and he's like, You know something? It makes you look a little older, too. I mean, not just a little bit, you could pass for. 18 or 19. And I was like, he's looking right into their souls. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, just perfectly nailing what they want yeah. to hear. I just got this. the impression it was totally improvised, though. Like, I just I don't feel too. like they yeah. wrote that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, obviously the scene, like, how they make money, he sells shower curtains as earrings, John Candy, and in the script it says, John Candy will figure, will improvise. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, have. yeah, John Candy will improvise this scene, <laughs> is what it says in the script, I assume. I recommend anybody listening to this to w- re- read both Roger Ebert reviews of the movie, but especially the one that's under the great movies, look it up on his website. Okay. Because it's just him talking about how the movie's a tradition at his family, you know, watch it Thanksgiving, this and that, and kind of, you know. Which is a lot of people, it's their tradition. It's my tradition, but now I've just started watching it like three or four times a year. <laughs> just whenever I'm like, I, you know what? I need to, I need it. I need it. But he talks about John Candy here and about how he ran into him in a bar alone. He was just by himself in a bar. What do you say? He was depressed. People loved him, but he didn't seem to know or it wasn't enough. Mm. Oh. Uh, this was a few years after Plain Strains came out. Okay. But just how he was like, that's how he was. You know, he was like, I don't want to say sad clown because that's stupid. It sounds so stupid, <laughs> yeah, and, it yeah. remind, and it makes you think of a person dressed as a clown. Yeah, like I am. <laughs> no, but like, but like, it makes you think of so because that's. But like, you know, like that he was like that guy who was like out there doing this stuff, and everybody loved him. But like, he's like just by himself in this hotel bar, going, I don't yeah. know. That's the I don't thing, know though, who likes like... who likes me, and it's like very much. And then Rodriguez says he thought of Del Griffith. Yeah, which is why when you say like that, this role seems so real. Is that seems like it's coming from a real place. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is this, this is a well-rounded character. He's not a buffoon. I mean, he is buffoonish, yeah. but he's not, he's, hees not one note by mm-hmm. any means. Like mm-hmm. Del, Del Grady is a very well-rounded shaded character. And it's and really nice to they watch. They build to it so nicely. Cause I 
genuinely it just didn't strike me as the type of movie that would have an emotional twist like that Mm -hmm. at the very end yeah yeah and so like we have like you know the emotionally bare scene you know at the end of act one or wherever you want to put it and then it it builds to it and then you know when uh neil's looking back on it he's sort of putting the pieces together and you know then he invites dell to like thanksgiving with him i was like oh that is like I figured they'd be buddies at the end, but I figured that it would just be, like, through their shared hardships, not because Neil would actually look into his life and see it. Yeah. I mean, nothing brings people together like hardships. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so I figured, like, that would be why they became friends. Like, I didn't think that it would actually be because Neil looked beyond their experiences together and looked into, like, And Del. figured out, like, oh, his situation is that he's doesn't have yeah anything, uh-huh. and yeah. he needs something yeah uh, like and that's where neil's character comes to that's it's the change in his character too this yeah. whole thing through their shared hardships yeah he became he's become a better person yeah, yeah. dell is still like living with like the trauma essentially of what happened eight years ago right when his wife died and now he's homeless yeah right. And it was really sweet, and I wasn't expecting like that level of. But at that's good time, to hear because I was I was I watched it again today, and I was like I was like I wonder if this works for someone. I, I wonder if it works for someone who hasn't seen it before. It ends on a weird note for me. Like I wanted a little more denouement. Like I wanted them to maybe was that Charles? <laughs> you know, like a little more falling action in the plot. Like I wanted them to. I wanted them to like sit down to Thanksgiving together or just like just a little more or even like God forbid a year later and like Dell's come back for Thanksgiving a year later kind no of thing. Like, I'm I mean okay I'm I'm with Matt a little but like I think that was a bit I don't know much. I just like but no yeah yeah it needs just a, it needed just a little bit more than like we're home I think I for me it's one of my favorite endings as as oh. two, two my two favorite freeze frames at the end of a movie are I, I did note that it ends with a freeze frame in classic 80s style are this movie and Karate Kid Karate Kid oh, ends with a, with a shot ends with a freeze frame of Mr Miyagi who's the teacher that's right this movie ends similarly with the freeze frame of Del Griffith who in a way is the, the teacher. teacher but it's also ending on him because you got to you got to end on on a shot of Del. You can't end on Neil hugging his wife or kissing no. his wife because that's yeah. not that's not what the movie's about. It is about He's that. It's about him. Of the movie, but though. Del brought him home, and I feel like it's that perfect note to end on because it's just like yeah. If you went too, if you went further, and I mean I know the the temptation to go further because mm-hmm. you kind of want to go like well, well then what happened? We'll just make a planes, trains, and automobiles too. <laughs> uh, oh, my friends and I have talked about that. Before. Steve Martin and Horatio Sands. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So wait, were you gonna were you gonna have more Myers? I'm going back to Jamaica, Mon. I'm which uh, is from the movie. I know. Yeah. I know. When I say it, it's it's problematic. Um, I, am, I am not from quoting the movie. But yeah. I am I am quoting the movie. It is funny. To John Candy. To John Candy. John Candy. Oh. I never <laughs> drank to John Candy before, and I feel like that's a shame. Oh. <laughs> I should have. Of all the people that you've poured over your forties for, I'll pour John out a little not. bit for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about your carpet, man. It's, it's for John. It's fine. It's it's fine. I was gonna. I say never signed. I was gonna place. say it's fine. It's not my place. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say it's fine. What, he doesn't care. I don't know. Maybe he does. Don't. <laughs> so, what whatever. Is there a cat here? Dog. 
There's a dog here? Not right now. Oh, okay. I have partial you can't custody see it? over a dog. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> is there a cat I'm dog here? blind. <laughs> That's the worst thing I could ever. If I was cat blind, I'd be fine. But if I was dog blind, I'd be sad for the rest of my oh. life. Anyway, it just looks no. Like... <laughs> I, I have partial custody over a little dog, and okay, she's I, not here. At I understand. The I understand. ATM. Partial, I used to. I used to have partial custody over a dog. And then he moved to Cleveland, and oh. now he lives in Buffalo. It's fine. It was years ago. I'm over it. I'm over it until I start drinking rum, and then it reminds me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need tissue? You're crying. (laughs) What me and this dog used? Oh my god! It's like John Candy at the end of Plane Trains and Automobiles. It was the whole thing. His name was Neil Page, and we went on a whole road trip together. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to name a dog Neil Page. (laughs) 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 It's a a Neil Page, but not existent dog. Cheers, Neil. All right. Let's get. You guys got more notes. Let's get through them. Uh, well, my next note is I, Ben I'm just gonna Stein t- with an exclamation point. That's right, Ben Stein. Well, Ben Stein was a big and Ferris John- Bueller. He's in yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, he That's was made made him star making role. It's that weird thing where like people we all watch those movies and then we and then later on like now when we got older Ben Stein's like a fucking crazy weird conservative. crazy conservative. Well, I mean, he was always conservative because he was a speechwriter for Nixon. That's right, but we didn't know uh, that when we saw Ferris Bueller's Day. Right, oh. right. We were like. Little kids. I also didn't know that when I watched Win Ben Stein's Money on Comedy Central oh, in the right. late 90s. Launched Jimmy Kimmel's career. Yeah. Is that what... I thought The Man Show launched Jimmy Kimmel's career. Win Ben, ben Stein's Money was, was before first. that. <laughs> he was the co-host on that. Oh, and then he got The Man Show. Yeah. Man. And Jimmy Kimmel, I think, is an alright dude, but, like, man, that's some not great history yeah, to, yeah. to have to, like... I mean, the man shows like shed that skin, though. Yeah, he, yeah, he's 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 fine. I think he's okay now. Adam Carolla's a piece of shit, but like, <laughs> but I think Jimmy Kimmel's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the man show is like I think we've said it before on the podcast, like a testament to the fragility of masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you guys have talked about the man show on the we, podcast before. <laughs> no, we've amazing. also talked about ben mouse Stein. trap an awful lot. The game, the game. Yeah, Did really. You play it? All the time. Wait, did you actually, did you actually play, play it, it, or did you just set it up and, and like? Oh, we played it. My sister and I played it all the time. Yeah. Can you explain the rules? What were the slices of cheese for? Well, man, it's been like fucking twenty <laughs> years since I played it, or more. It's been more. I'm old. It's been more than twenty years since I. I don't fucking remember what the. They were how like that's how you scored the points or something. How right? did you deal with like all the parts breaking, like the giant rubber band? What if that broke? Like, did you go and buy? We a had giant... another rubber band. I don't you know. had we... giant rubber bands. They went to the mousetrap store and <laughs> bought like surplus rubber, rubber band bands. Didn't break on ours or something. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Bet you didn't think you'd get grilled on mousetrap tonight, did ya? Yeah, I w- Do you want me to call? I'll call my sister right now. And <laughs> Let's get her ask on her. Ask her. Well, yeah, hey, you're on speakerphone. Remember when we used to play mousetrap all the time? No. What the fuck was that about? So, uh, on the topic of the man show. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. How fragile is masculinity if, you know, one dude's hand up your butt seems to shatter <laughs> It's, okay, yeah, we have I was to curious talk about, about this I was curious scene. about this We scene. have to talk because about Because I... Okay, well, let me hear your opinion. Just first, I want here's, to... Here's where I land on it. I think, ultimately, it's offensive. But... Really? We get, like, a long moment of them just cuddling and get, like, the little tender kiss on the ear. And it's uh-huh. like you see two men in a bed for a good amount of time. And even though it ultimately ends with, like, ah, la la, it's like... I call it a draw. I think it's. I it, think it, it kind of evens out. Cuddling right. that is upset. Like they realize that they're cuddling, and that like 
uh, Dell has kissed Neil's ear, and they're still sort of like they're not comfortable with it, but they're tolerating it. Yeah. It's not until Neil asks Dell, "Where's your other hand?" Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Which, let's be real here, Steve Martin's too skinny. You could never mistake those for pillows. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's his butt. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Right. That's true. If somebody's listening to this and they haven't seen the movie, they might not know. It's supposed to be his, it's his butt. It's his butt. It's his butt. I'm still a firm believer. Like, it's his butt. I should be a slug. Can we put it on a t-shirt? It's his butt. I'm, I'm a firm believer if you make something gay, it's kind of funnier than if it weren't. Sure. Like, I don't know, watching John Candy and Steve Martin cuddle... I know it's, it's like still a little I have funny. To, when I step outside, I'm like, ultimately, I should be offended by this. I'm not. I feel like because we also get like we do get to see two two men cuddling in a bed for a long period of time, and that's not something that you would normally get a lead up to that that homophobic scare too. Because like, it's, it's like, like a tracking shot, like you get like the caramel yeah. corns in the bed or something like and that. Then, well, his and... crumbs for the because yeah. he, he ate a bunch of garbage. And... <laughs> Yeah. And then later when he's, he's a when Steve Martin's like on the L train riding home and just like thinking about his family at Thanksgiving and then like he's remembering He remembers Del. that. That's the first thing he remembers yeah. and smiles. He's like, oh, that was funny. Because it was funny. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I mean, yeah, they had their like, oh, we got to assert our masculinity again. But he still like looks back on that as like fondly. I don't know. I call it a drop. I also feel like if John Candy had his hand in my rear end, I would act the way that Steve Martin did. <laughs> so it, it it's less that it's homophobic and more that it's just that I think that John Candy's not Steve Martin's type. Yeah. I think that's where I land and I feel like that I'm as a straight guy <laughs> is that I land where by the way, I can't say that it's not offensive to somebody who's <laughs> not a straight guy because that's fucking fucked up for me to do but if you end up you're in a bed with somebody that you weren't like in bed with you know and you're like or anybody that you're like oh whoa that's not what we you know kind of thing like ah jeez oh hey what are we what are we doing (laughs) haha and you know i think the scene could be if it was now i think someone made that it'd be like haha right what (laughs) that happened and that was and that's weird but you know they were cool with it or whatever, but I think the scene, like you talk about, like how Neil is remembering, yeah, and that he remembers that first and goes eh, and kind of chuckles it off, is telling because it's like eh, because it's not a big deal, yeah, right? Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. it's like a scene where that happens and it goes, eh, yeah, that was funny. That was a funny thing that yeah. happened to it's us. Not like they... during our trials. Where we became friends. Yeah, it's not like he he runs off after that and is like, I cannot be around you anymore. Like, right? They become friends. Oh, after what the that. fuck? Or starts throwing yeah, slurs yeah. around or something. You know, like yeah, it's because yeah. he, he even asks, he's like, Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Like, yeah. they don't panic. I mean, it's a comedy scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it builds I, to the pillows, which again, you're right, Steve Martin. I, it wouldn't have <laughs> pillowy, a uh, pillowy butt, but. It's still. I still think it's a funny gag. Yeah, it's it's like the least funny thing in the movie to me now. I want to make sure when I was a kid, it was the funny, probably the funniest part of the movie. I want to make sure I'm I'm clear. I I am not offended by it, but I can see 
why it is could be considered mm-hmm. uh, all right, that yeah. way. I, yeah. I, also, I, I personally think it's it's funny and it works. Yeah. That's I would where love I stand. to see. I actually almost wanted to see rather than like the scare, just kind of have them like slowly slither out from each other. <laughs> like I wanted to see just more of like. Okay. Oh, and that's done. That would that would be funny too, actually. It's one of those things that's like it's probably problematic, quote unquote. Uh, but I mean, it's not something that I even want to unpack. <laughs> but I feel like it needs to be addressed. Otherwise, it would just be like, why didn't you guys talk I about was, that one scene? I was hoping it would come up because <laughs> I honestly wanted to. I was like, I want to because I wanted to hear how you, how you guys felt. Yeah, no, so I, was, I, t- I was like, I don't think it is. I'm not. But offended. I also can go I, like, uh, I can say that. Yeah, I can yeah, go yeah. like, I don't think it's offensive. <laughs> But like you know, what does that say about me? Just that I'm a straight guy that goes that doesn't think that scene is offensive yeah. or homophobic or whatever. You know, I go, I don't think, I don't think it is. Yeah. Why? Well, why would you? Therefore, why would it it's be? not? That's uh, they get up and start talking about football or baseball teams or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but the, even like when they get into the hotel room and uh, they look at the Neil bed. Yeah, is like one panning bed. around. There's like one bed. And he's like panicking. I was also thinking, I was like. I don't want to share a bed with John Candy. Exactly. Like, no offense to John Candy. The, the, you know? It's not a question of whether it's homophobic or not at that point. When he's yeah. like, when the when it keeps cutting back to it's the a, bed. A, They're both looking at the bed going like It's a slender um, queen. There's we know bed, that John Candy bed. has gross feet already at yeah. that point, right? Right. So it's like exactly. who wants to share a bed with What else is gonna go feet? on? Oh, he's gonna spill beer all over the bed. Yeah. And he's gonna just And he's gonna be the big spin. fucking <laughs> He goes, he goes, <laughs> goes on for so long. I want to say real fast, when they are looking at the bed, there's a stinger, which is the beginning of which the yellow is... song. Yeah. Is the beginning of what? A yellow song, which is- I had no idea where it's from. I'm, ha- I'm excited to hear this. The song is called Lost Again. It's off of, uh, you have to say yes to another excess. But that's the same band that did- wondering like did john hughes make them famous like he must have kind of john hughes yeah. was like actually kind of with it yeah listen to the soundtracks of his movies and stuff he was like though in the ferris bueller there's like smith's that scene where they're looking at the paintings at the museum oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like the instrumental stuff from right. the smith's song and that's yeah. like what, like 85 86 yeah yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. that's pretty good it was right before, well, it was right before planes trains yeah yeah and, and yellow I, I mean yellow's a huge huge like influential 80s thing so yeah anyway underground so. even like oh yeah was their big hit so it's just cool that probably, he kept probably using because them. of ferris bueller maybe that's what i mean like he must have like made them successful <laughs> we knew he was a chicago guy right oh so yeah. neil's trying to get home to chicago he filmed all his movies in and around chicago oh yeah that's right yeah like the even ferris home alone Bueller's... all the ones he produced yeah and, and stuff yeah, all right. of them take place in and around chicago wow. yeah. and so it's like you know neil's trying to get they're trying to get home to chicago Right. You know? So this is like one of his only movies that doesn't take place directly in Chicago yeah. or in the Chicago, greater Chicago area. I assume, all, I always yeah, assume yeah. all of the movies that he made take place in the same suburb of Chicago. Yeah, probably. Like you know, they're all going like, to the same high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Do we have any final thoughts on the movie? I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I am definitely glad that I, I got this off. It's uh, a strange, my watch fun little, little gem. Yeah, I I was really happy that like I finally had a reason to sit down 
and watch it like uninterrupted because you know i i could see myself being like this is the movie i'm gonna put on while like i do something else sure but for the podcast i always like sit down watch the movie (laughs) no uh distractions or anything so sorry about tipping the velvet and teen witch (laughs) now oh god I mean, you should be sorry for tripping the velvet because that was three hours. <laughs> Teen Witch was only like a hundred minutes. But no. Teen Witch feels like three hours. It does. It's terrible. Uh, I hate that movie. <laughs> it finds like really unique avenues of aggravation. Like it really like digs deep into like what annoys people. Uh, but I feel like all the malice is sort of washed away by the end. Like you don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things I always wanted to use this movie. I've always wanted to do like a some sort of a big video essay about this movie to teach empathy to people Mm -hmm. like that. Like movies can teach you that like that. I don't think every movie can. Yeah, obviously. But I think that like this movie is like, it's so basic in its structure Mm -hmm. that it like is like just about that. It's by the end. You're like, it's just about like one person understanding another person. Right. Because we're like, we're all annoyed with like Dell exactly you know, early on. You're but... annoyed with Dell the whole movie, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like he's always kind of doing shit that's annoying. But like at the end, like we don't we stop caring about the stuff that annoyed, and like we only really remember like how he tried to help us. And we like Dell the most, but we're Neil. Yeah, yeah. I, but Neil realizes too that he can be annoying too. Like there's exactly. moments when he realizes he's kind of a shitty but we're, person. We're that, we're him. Yeah. He's, the, he's the audience stand-in. Dell is the other, he's the intruder. Yeah. yeah. Neil's the audience stand-in. He's the guy who's like, "We this is this is you. Yeah. You know? And you go, yeah, okay. Oh, I don't think that media needs to teach you something or that it needs to be moral. Yeah. Or it needs to be this and that. But I think this is one of those rare movies where I go like, I think you could show this to people and go, this teaches you that like feelings are okay. Yeah. yeah. That like you can feel for somebody and not like them entirely, but like you can go, this person needs I, this I mean, person needs something from me that they don't have that I can give them that and I think that's basic deal. human understanding that is lost it. I don't know, that's maybe getting too deep for no, like this weird this weird John Hughes comedy, but like I feel well, like that's no, what the, I, I think that's what John That's Hughes why is, I like this movie. That's why I watched this movie five times. I mean <laughs> when John Hughes is like really at its at his best is when he is making us sympathize with people that we wouldn't necessarily like. Even in like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, you know, what's the best friend's name in that movie? Cameron. Cameron, who's like the tight ass the whole time. But, like, at the end of the movie, it's, like, when he decides to stand up to his father, like, suddenly, like, everyone's on Team Cameron. Right. In that, like, right. you know, we're all on his side in that movie. Well, and Cameron's the audience stand-in in that movie. Yeah, because he, he's no, sort of we're the not, voice of reason for a, a Unless you're a sociopath. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Like, I know. Oh, that's my guy. Oh, you're Ferris, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> which is, like, oh, stay away from that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Like, that guy's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's not a... I, I think that John Hughes kind of gets written off for making teen movies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, at the same time, like, he made them very well. I, I'll definitely, like, go to bat for Breakfast Club. When I watch it now, like, it has a bigger impact on me than when I watched it in high school or when I was younger than that. Maybe it's because I know how, like, divisive teenagers can be. And also it's made by adults, so like it speaks yeah. to adults probably more than kids, even yeah. though kids like, oh this speaks to me. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I don't but know. yeah. It you know, he what he, he was like actually sort of perceptive towards 
human nature. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And I mean, this I think that Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Like I said, I think that's his masterpiece, and I think it's like, and I don't think any movie is perfect, but I think it's like this great movie that captured these two guys at their peak, doing their thing perfectly, and is just yeah, it's, I think it's his best movie, and I think it captures human nature yeah at its most basic one last thought i guess for me your shirt yeah is that a drawing from when steve martin remembers yeah and he's like the hold on (laughs) Just before we end, I have some. I have a few sketches here oh, nice. of Del Griffith. I did. So I have uh, the one on my T-shirt. This is like I did these like last year when I was watching it. So oh there's the one God. from the yes. Magic Cat, wow. which is one of my favorite. Yeah, which is one of my favorite shots ever. Because me he, too. He sees him at the airport and he goes. He looks at him and he imagines him, but it's just he's in the airport still. But it's just the taxi cab door in front of him, and he's like, "That's how I remember you." Yeah, and I feel like that's how memory works. Yeah, you know? totally. Like it feels like this weird thing where you're like, "Oh yeah," he's like dressed. It's like a set. But it seems fake, but it's like he goes. He's, and John Candy's surprised. Yeah, the John Candy <laughs> surprise shots. I hope there's like a whole roll of him just doing that. Like. <gasps> This is from the same scene. I wanted. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna do a T-shirt of this oh, one too. Yeah. Probably. The Canadian mounted. Canadian mounted is the book he's reading. This <laughs> <laughs> is great. So it's good. Nice. And then and then they did this one from him at the very end. And I, I, do, I think I want to do a better one of that before I do it on a T-shirt. Look how much his eyes are welling up. No, that's <laughs> so great. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you want to plug your junk one more yeah, time? Yeah, go to any comic shop in the Seattle area, and I think there might still be some in the Portland area, uh, and get uh, Punch to Kill, issues one and two. Issues three and four, hopefully coming out in 2018. That is the next year. That's the next year, pretty soon. You heard it here, folks. Uh, and then uh, go to, I guess go to, I don't know. We go to Facebook, SoundCloud, look up the Conversation Pieces podcast with uh, Conversation Pieces with Travis and Kevin. And uh, now you didn't really talk about that. Like, what is the basic? Like, uh, basically, we have uh, people come on, a guest come on, and they bring Travis vote my comedy partner. We bring a thing every time, but they come on and we everybody brings like a thing. You know, something like here's something we can have a conversation about. Oh. And so you bring a thing and go, oh, here's what I brought. You know, and uh, then we discuss it so it's like you know everybody has stuff oh yeah so it's basically a podcast about the stuff that you have you know and then you know the conversations go wherever they go it's It's the it's the podcast where you bring something to the table (laughs) (laughs) well uh why don't you stick around just in case you have an opinion on whatever movie i have to watch i kind of wanted to do Something uh, that kind of harkens back to our horror stuff that we did all week, or all week, all month, and um, also, I don't know, we, we needed to get another gay thing in here, so I want to do Stranger by the Lake. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've heard that's yeah. great. I yeah. haven't seen Have it. you seen it? Yeah. Oh, you have? Uh-huh. Shit, I thought you hadn't seen it. Gay horror movie? I mean, it's not a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's, yeah. yeah. I heard it's, I haven't seen it. I love it. There's some, Mary, maybe a serial murderer um also 
Uh, lots of gay sex. So. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah. Those are, that's exactly how it was described to me before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it. You should. Uh, you should. Great. If you show up here next Monday, we'll let you talk about it, too. <laughs> Great. Maybe I will. I'll just show up unannounced. <laughs> hey, I'm outside. Hey. With snipers. With What's the guns, yeah, the people outside. Wait, that's, that's Kevin out there. They're cocked and loaded. Can I come in? <laughs> All right. We're going to plug our junk and then close Real fast. Out. Yeah, let's get out of here. Our new website, xratedmovies.com. Visit it and listen from there. It's up and running and beautiful and everything. We also uh, would love it if you gave us a review or some stars on iTunes. It helps get the word out about us to other people who may not know about it. And the best way to find out what we're doing next is on Facebook, at Rated X Movies. And two ways to contact us, Twitter, at X Rated Movies, or Gmail, which is x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Either way. Next week, public bathhouse thriller espion... Not espionage. <laughs> There's no governmental spying going on. No. Gay public sex bathhouse thriller. Stranger by the Lake. Thank you for coming on, Kevin Clark. (laughs) Thanks for having me. That was fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.